get started, I would love to know how you got started in tech. Like, how did you get where you are now? Yeah, um, thanks first for, you know, having me on the show. It's really great to hear about the initiative you're doing and kind of getting more uh, women to talk about how they got into tech. And um, I definitely understand, um, just to give people a little bit of background, I am um, Canadian, Asian, uh, specifically Chinese back um, of like descent, I guess. Uh, but I am born and raised Canadian um, and very much identify as a Chinese Canadian uh, and um, definitely not something that I see in tech all the time. So it's really great to be on the show and uh, talk a little bit more. Uh, I would say that my technology background is kind of a little bit spotty. It's definitely not what you would expect from someone who has engineer in their title. Um, I got into kind of creating websites and stuff when I was younger, I, like in high school, um, I started kind of dabbling and just writing HTML, uh, you know, back in the days when GeoCities existed and that kind mm -hmm. of stuff. I mean, I'm probably dating myself a little, but, um, <laughs> you know, it, it was all self-taught though. I mean, there were no classes or anything uh, in school back then, um, at least not until usually like the last year. And even then it was more basic than uh, what I was already doing by then. Um, eventually I did join um, a software engineering program, but after about a year, I realized that I didn't really want to be a software engineer per se. Like I just did not have the patience and uh, to really sit down and code for like most of a day. Mm -hmm. I really liked problem solving and that sort of thing, but it just coding and programming for, I don't know, we were sometimes doing it for 12 hours, oh my uh, you know, for, for assignments, big assignments and stuff like that. And I was just like, okay, I see all these classmates that I have doing this and enjoying it. And I'm sitting here going, no, this is not what I want to do. Um, so, uh, you know, I, you know, I was, I admit I was partially pressured into the program because, you know, everyone was like, oh, t you know, programming is going to be the next big kind of job. And admittedly, you know, I had a lot of had classmates who, you know, graduated and ended up with a six figure salary in Silicon Valley or whatever it is. Right. So um, <laughs> you know, it's, it wasn't necessarily going to be a bad choice, but it wasn't one that I probably would have enjoyed. So I, um, I kind of went the complete opposite way and ended up from going from like software engineering to uh, doing a double major in English literature and psychology and the Bachelor of Arts. <laughs> Um, and uh, from there, I ended up getting a teaching degree and I actually worked as a teacher uh, for a number of years. Um, but while I was teaching, I don't know how it happened. People were all constantly asking me to like troubleshoot their computer problems and tech problems anyways, like both in my personal life and my work life. And um, eventually one of my friends uh, said, well, if you want to still teach, but then get back into technology without being doing like a lot of programming and that sort of thing. She was like, well, why don't you apply to be a librarian? And I was like, wait, what? <laughs> <laughs> I 
Um, most people, Experience. you know, yeah, I mean, <laughs> most people don't think of technology when they think of librarians, right? You know, right. <laughs> um, so my one of my friends um, out in Ontario in um, kind of the central, more eastern part of Canada, um, who works in Toronto, actually, she uh, basically explained like what her what her day involves as a systems librarian, as like a technology librarian. I was like, oh, that sounds kind of cool. So um, I applied to do my master's in library and information science. And at the time, I was like, well, if I don't get accepted, I'll keep teaching. And if I do get accepted, great. So uh, you know, luckily for me, um, I got accepted into the program, did my master's, and so I do have my MLIS. And then I uh, worked as a technology librarian for uh, a few years. Um, and then the, but then I was living in the Vancouver area in uh, Canada and housing prices like many other large cities were just becoming absolutely unaffordable. So uh, I made the difficult decision to leave my job um, and my partner and I moved to Vancouver Island, uh, even farther west in Canada. Um, and when I left, after I left my job, you know, I did finally took some time off. I don't, you know, don't remember the last time I took like two or three weeks off from anything. Um, so <laughs> it was kind of nice to have a break. Um, but then of course, at some point I was like, okay, I'm going for it. I need a full-time job. Uh, and then, so I decided, you know, why not just go remote, go fully remote. And uh, just like my partner is fully remote as well, which is why we've managed to, uh, you know, in a, in a more financial manner, at least, you know, have me leave my job and still move. And um, the, I will say the housing prices are so different that that is actually doable, um, at least for a time for me to be without a, a full-time physician. And so, um, yeah, I started applying and I figured, you know, what, what better way to try to find a remote job than, you know, a, a tech company um, and having done, you know, customer service oriented public service oriented positions for so long um, you know support seemed like a really good place to like a really good fit for me and so um yeah I interviewed for a few places uh and GitLab was the first one to throw in an offer and um you know I, like many people at GitLab I really appreciated the values and and whatnot and um, and I really liked the people that I interviewed with, um, you know, the hiring manager and then the, you know, people uh, that he was reporting to. And so mm -hmm. I ended up at GitLab and I've been at GitLab for almost three years uh, since then. Wow, three years and all of the things that you have been through, like you went from, so just, just the background with the story, you went from learning how to code, kind of playing around with it to realize and like, hey, you know what? I don't think I'm gonna do this. Like, oh, I don't wanna do this all day. Like, I don't wanna just sit in front of the computer and code for hours upon hours upon hours. And then you went after that into teaching, right? Yeah. And after you did teaching, then you um, kind of got back into that role, but you don't probably code as much as you would, you know, just being a complete engineer. Um, so 
if you could change anything about the journey that you have been on, what would it be? You know, it's interesting, like, sometimes I think about it, and I think, oh, you know, like, where would I be if I had stuck to, you know, software engineering, or, or that sort of thing, and I would potentially be making more money, um, you know, like, especially like staying in the same career, you know, you all obviously gather that experience and then you can usually get hired at like uh, a more senior position from the get-go if you, you know, switch companies and that sort of thing. But it's, it's interesting because looking back, I don't know how much I would change. Um, even though I have engineer in my title right now, like it, it is in support. And so, um, and while we are expected to do some uh, coding in support, our role is focused on um, digging into code in order to find, you know, potentially the root cause of a problem or, you know, replicating problems. Mm -hmm. um, and in support, it's, it's, you're not, you're not a developer, you're not like focused on coding um, throughout your day. So like a lot of it is, is still focused on helping people uh, solve their problems. We just do it at a very technical level. And um, a, a lot of it is about, you know, a lot of the job is actually um, educating uh, ourselves, each other and our users. And I don't know that without my teaching background, honestly, I don't know that I could be as successful as I am um, in doing what I do. And, you know, GitLab is, probably a little different from some companies um, where we don't have phone support. We do Zoom calls um, when we need to, but we don't have someone, like we don't have a phone line that people can call into. So our initial um, communication with all of our users um, is through text. And so I, you know, like having an English degree uh, really helps with, you know, my writing and, um, you know, and we do a lot of documentation uh, updates as well. And again, just having a background, uh, a, you know, a, a more formal education and writing and teaching, I think has really helped me understand like how the technical writers want us to write documentation and really understanding, um, you know, what all that means and, and how people interpret the, uh, the text that we write and, and all this other stuff. And so I don't, it, yeah, in the end, you know, um, I, I, as much as I sometimes kind of worry about the fact that, oh, I changed careers kind of so many times and uh, almost had to, especially when I started at GitLab, I kind of had to restart in a lot of ways, but um, I was, you know, uh, I'm, I'm so grateful to the managers that I've had who recognize the results that I've been able to produce with the background that I have. Um, and uh, so when I started, I was at a senior um, and I, you know, worked to get promoted to senior uh, and I'm actually in the process of working towards staff in support. So, uh, yeah, I mean, I wouldn't be able to do it without their support, but at the same time, I don't think I would be where I am now without that background. Okay, so... The things like teaching and having that formal background, even though it wasn't in specifically tech or the fact that you changed careers, it all came full circle so that you could be where you are now. 
Yeah, for sure. And um, I mean, just to kind of give a, a little bit more detail around like what I was doing before as a librarian, especially in technology, you're typically one of either the only or one of very few um, people in the library that are very technology oriented. So, um, you know, like in, in a lot of previous jobs, I was wearing about like, you know, all these different hats and um, I had to do, you know, project management type stuff. I was still uh, working at the research desk, you know, answering research questions, uh, still teaching workshops around how to do research and stuff like that and use technology. Uh, I was doing internal training um, on how to use like, uh, you know, how to like edit the website and things like that or other systems uh, that we, you know, would be using. Um, I'd still be, you know, doing some coding for usually for the website, but often for even a lot of third parties were uh, tools where you could customize kind of the header and footer. Um, I would be in charge of doing all that, making sure that it fits our branding and, you know, all these, these other guidelines that we might have. And so um, I did, I was still doing a lot of teaching. I was still doing um, a, a lot of the things I was doing before, but in a technology kind of space. Uh, and I was still working with technology all the time and helping people with it, even though, like, like I said, for me, it was kind of a nice place to be where I was helping people with technology, but not necessarily programming or even coding. Um, like the majority of the time I was coding sometimes, but definitely like less than, 20% of my job was probably coding. Um, but it, it, was a, it was a great way to just kind of realize like, oh, you know, there's, there are definitely ways to uh, contribute to technology um, without having to be a developer or software engineer. I think that is so key too, because a lot of people, when they get into tech, they're like, oh, I don't really want to program or they get into it and say, you know, I don't really think it's for me. And then they feel like that's it. But you have shown and proved that no matter where you come from, no matter where you live, no matter what you look like, you can be in tech and do whatever you would like to do. Um, sometimes you have to take a step back. Sometimes you have to switch careers. Um, sometimes you have to do some things that you didn't initially plan on doing. But I think that with your background, with the things that you've been through, it made you a better person. It made you a better engineer. Um, you know, everything that you've been through have basically progressed you to where you are now. And it's all a part of your journey. So with that being said, what, how, what would you say to provide value to someone that is either looking to get into tech or have tried it out and don't know it's for them or you know have been where you've been like what would you say to that woman that man um to provide value yeah I, I think it's like you say to just really keep in mind that you don't there's no one path into tech um, and certainly programming or coding is not the only way to 
either join a tech company or be involved in technology. There's so much out there. Um, you know, one of the inspirations um, I think that is really great is seeing other people. We had a, a, a kind of like keynote type speaker um, at the last GitLab contribute, um, Ariel Waldman. She did a talk about how she's not a coder, not a programmer, um, but about how she's been able to uh, contribute to science through photography and through her exploration and um, support of kind of educational programs in science and worked with NASA. And it was just really, really great to hear about that sort of thing. And I think really that's just a key to keep in mind that there really are so many ways to contribute to tech and be involved in tech um, that, you know, just, just explore and see what other people are doing and talk to people and try to figure out what is the best fit for you. Like, like just because you're not a programmer or a software engineer doesn't mean that there's no place uh, for your skills and your experience. That is so right. I definitely agree with that. Um, even when it comes to me, you know, I went from coding to now in tech sales. So it is definitely a place um, for everyone. And it doesn't, you know, it's not one direct path. There's many paths that you can take to get where you are um, and where you want to be. Um, so with that being said, I really, really, really um, enjoyed our episode. I feel like you brought, you know, that diversity, just the the different paths that you took is similar to so many other people. And I feel like the ones that do listen um, in do need to hear, you know, that, hey, it's not just one path. You can be in Canada, you can be in Australia, you can be in the United States, you could be anywhere and you can still have a place, you still belong. And um, yeah, it's just beautiful. I really appreciate you joining joining me on today on this episode. Well, thank you for having me.